Welcome to Simple Truth, the teaching ministry of Pastor Eddie Turner and Family Worship Center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Through the practical and simple explanation of God's Word, Pastor Eddie has taught the Word of God to thousands of people around the world. The following message is from a recent service at Family Worship Center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Let's join Pastor Eddie as he shares simple truths from God's Word. If you have your Bibles, turn to the 14th chapter of John. We're so glad you're here. God bless you for coming. I want to let you know on the last Sunday of this month, April 30th. That's it, isn't it? 9th, 16th, 23rd, 30th. April 30th. That'll be just uh, two weeks from this Sunday, April 30th. We're very honored to have with us in both morning services uh, the world famous. I mean, they travel all over the world. The world famous... Watoto African Children's Choir is going to be here on on Sunday morning, April the uh, 30th, for both morning services. There are 20 children who sing and dance and share the love of Jesus Christ, and uh, we're just really excited about them. And uh, they'll be here on April the 30th. Anybody ever heard of the Annie Moses Band? Any of you ever heard of the Annie Moses Band? Annie Moses Band, Grammy Award winning Annie Moses Band. If you hadn't heard of them, you need to Google them. The Annie Moses Band. Uh, all, all, fam- all children who are family members, kids, well, they're adults now, who are brothers and sisters. Uh, all of them are trained in Juilliard's famous school of music. And they are going to be here in October, here at Family Worship Center, the Annie Moses Band. So uh, we expect a full house that night. Uh, Amanda and I have seen them at the Ryman Auditorium and other uh, big venues. Uh, They've been all over the world, and they'll be here. So Google the Annie Moses Band. Annie Moses Band. If you haven't seen them, be sure to Google them. I guarantee you, you'll be blessed by watching them. If you have your Bibles, turn to the 14th chapter of John. John chapter 14, verse number 16. John chapter 14, verse number 16. Jesus is talking here, and he says this. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. One translation says a comforter who will never leave you. Aren't you glad of that? He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. So he identifies who the comforter is or the advocate is. He says he's the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him. You know him. Jesus says the world doesn't know him, but you know him. Why do you know him? Because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Tonight and and next Wednesday, uh, I want to talk to you about, teach you on the biblical names of the Holy Spirit. Now, is is anybody cold in here? Is everybody okay, temperature-wise? Everybody okay? Uh, We'll make sure you're comfortable. Um, I want to talk to you about the biblical names of the Holy Spirit. How many have heard the name the Holy Spirit before? How many have heard the Spirit? Uh, Here's one. The Spirit of the Lord. Have you ever heard the term the Spirit of Judgment? Heard the term? That's a name in the Bible of the Holy Spirit. Here's one. Here's one that most people have never heard of, but it has such powerful impact. We'll talk about this one next week. The Spirit of Burning. 
The spirit of burning. The Holy Spirit is referred to in the Bible as the spirit of burning. And next week, what I'll teach you is what the Holy Spirit does. The spirit of burning is the one who leads us into the wilderness at different times in our life. And I'm going to tell you what the wilderness is. Some of you are in the wilderness, or you think you're in the wilderness, and God sent you there, and you're putting up with things that you don't need to be put up with because God didn't put you in the wilderness. You're there because Satan's trying to destroy you. And most Christians do not know what the wilderness is. When God sends us into the wilderness, it's to teach us something and train us for something. When the devil sends us into the wilderness, it's to destroy us. And we as Christians need to be able to distinguish and deserve the difference. Did God, am I going through this for a lesson or am I going through this thing for destruction? If I'm going through it for destruction, God will make a way of escape and I can get out of this thing. If I'm going through this thing for for, uh, instruction and not destruction, then the Lord will help me. He'll teach me. He'll train me. And I'm going to come out of this season and it will only be a season. I'll come out of this season more pristined. So we're going to talk about the spirit of burning. The Holy Spirit in the Bible is referred to as the spirit of burning. And the job of the spirit of burning is to lead us from time to time in our life, the wilderness. Do you remember when Jesus was tempted of the devil in the wilderness? The Bible says, and the spirit, the spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. So there are some seasons that we go into the wilderness in our life that are God-led. There's other times we go into the wilderness because of disobedience. Why did the children of Israel wander around in the wilderness for 40 years? Because they were disobedient. Lack of faith. So we, if we're in the wilderness, we want to make sure God's teaching us not because of our stupid actions. All right? But uh, tonight and next Wednesday, we're going to give you some names of the Holy Spirit. Biblical names. Because with each name... It identifies a personality trait about him. And the Bible says here in John chapter 14, Jesus says, the world cannot receive him, the Holy Spirit, because it isn't looking for him. But then it says this, but you know him. You know him. So if we learn the names of the Holy Spirit or come familiar with the names of the Holy Spirit, we'll be able to learn some personality traits about him. Him. This verse of Scripture remains a foundational teaching. John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17 is a foundational teaching for my spiritual journey. In this section of Scripture, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's giving them instructions about the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus informs his team he's leaving, but that the Heavenly Father will send them. Notice what it says in verse number 16 again. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Then Jesus identifies who this advocate is, this comforter is. Verse 17, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Now over the years I've discovered that many Christians are in the same condition as non-Christians. They don't recognize or know the Holy Spirit. Many Christians don't even know who he... They don't even know if he's working in their life. You hear Christians say things like this, say crazy things like this. Well, I just can't feel God. I just don't know if he's helping me anymore. I just don't even know if he's around. 
Christians get discouraged and they, they say crazy things like, you know, God just doesn't love me. He doesn't care for me. Uh, he doesn't answer my prayers. He's not around. I don't even know if there is a God. You hear Christians talking about things like that. And I'm thinking, you don't even know the Holy Spirit. You're no different than the world. Jesus said the world doesn't know him and the world doesn't recognize him, but you know him. Yet many Christians we see today don't, are no different than the world. They don't know the Holy Spirit. The word know there, look what it says in verse uh, 17 again. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know. Notice that word. It was the first word I learned in university in, in uh, my biblical studies, Greek class. It was the first word I, I learned, the word know. It's the word, Greek word, gnosko. Gnosko. Now, that doesn't mean anything to you, but it literally means this. It doesn't mean just to be acquainted with. It just doesn't mean to be familiar with. It means to intently understand. I know something. I know something. How many of you have had teenagers? Any of you had teenagers? And you tell them something, and they say, well, you don't know. And you say, listen, I know something. You have to convince your teenager you know something. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. Well, that's what this word means. It means I intently understand. It's not I'm just acquainted, but I intently understand. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, now the world doesn't recognize him, and the world is not acquainted with him. But you should intently understand the Holy Spirit. You should know when he speaks. You should know when he moves. You should be so familiar with him. And so aware of him that when he comes as a still small voice, which he often does, you can recognize him. That when he's working in ways that other people can't see, you can see. When he does things in the environment or when he does things in circumstances, you can recognize him. You intently understand him. And yet many of we Christians, we don't intently understand him. Much to our error and much to our fault. We do not know him that well. So let's get to know some things about him. The Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. He's part of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I had a Church of Christ friend just email me two weeks ago. He said, Eddie, tell me about this Holy Spirit. He's in his 50s. He was raised in the church, the Church of Christ. And he emailed, he loves Jesus. He said, Eddie, tell me about this Holy Spirit. My church has not talked about him. They don't tell me who he is. But I've been hungry. Something's hungering in me. And I've been reading some things and I've been watching some Christian TV. And they've been talking about the Holy Spirit. I trust you, Eddie. Some of them people on TV are kind of kooky. I, I agree with you on that. Uh, put your hand. Uh, uh, but some, some of those people, he said, but I trust you. Tell me about the Holy Spirit. Now, can you imagine? Raised in church, and you know the Church of Christ people, wonderful, faithful people. They go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. They got us beat in that. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And yet he's, he grew up in the Church of Christ. He's in his mid-50s nowadays. And now, all those years being in church, he don't know who the Holy Spirit is. He don't know anything about him. He said, Eddie, tell me. Tell me about, he said, tell me about this Holy Spirit. Tell me about this Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. Having the same characteristics of God the Father... 
and God the Son, Jesus. There's God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. Recently, I was debating a young man, and, and um, he said, explain to me this trinity. I said, the three in one. He said, yes, explain to me this trinity. I said, I can't explain it. I can't explain it. He said, well, then how in the world can you believe something you can't explain? I said, I, don't, I, don't, I can't explain electricity, but I sure enjoy it. I can't explain how a brown cow eats green grass and produces white milk, but I sure enjoy it. I sure enjoy it. See, the reason we can't figure out this Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the reason it's such a mystery to us is because we don't have anything in the physical realm that equals it. Three distinct individuals, supernatural sovereign beings who operate as one in such perfect unity and perfect harmony that they can't be separated. They're three distinct but cannot be separated. Now, how does that work? I don't know how it works. But the Bible tells us that's what it is. And the Holy Spirit is the third person of that unity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God on earth today. He's the one. People say, oh, I just wish I lived when Jesus lived. Why? We have God on earth today. He's the Holy Spirit. What did Jesus say? I'm going away, but I'm going to send an advocate, a comforter, and he's going to come and be with you on earth. So God is on earth today. He's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just like God the Father and just like God the Son. God has four attributes, and the Holy Spirit has those four attributes also. Number one, eternal. The Holy Spirit is eternal. He is endless. He is without beginning, and He is at without end. In fact, He was here at the beginning of the earth. Look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. Notice what it said. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. Now notice this. And the what? Spirit of God. Everybody say Spirit of God. Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Notice in the beginning, notice what it says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So when God created the heavens and the earth, the Holy Spirit was here. He was hovering. He had already arrived. He is endless. He has no beginning. He has no end. So he is just like God the Father and God the Son. He's eternal. The second thing about the Holy Spirit in His sovereign deity is that He's omnipresent. He's all present in all places always. He's all present in all places always. That's why you can pray here and God will move over there. There is no distance or time in the realm of the Spirit. There's no distance or time in the realm of the Spirit. Remember over there in... Um, Acts chapter 8, Philip goes down to Samaria and preaches Christ to them and people get saved and get delivered and healed. And then the Bible says he's caught up. He's caught up. He goes to another place. He, there's no dis- distance in the Spirit. There's no distance or time in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, when you get in the Spirit, He is always, everywhere, all the time. So if somebody's having a struggle, that's why sometimes if you're sensitive, there might be somebody that you know who lives in another country or another state that's having a struggle in their life. And at a 
crazy time of day. You hadn't thought about them in weeks or months or maybe even a long time. But you have an urgency to pray for them. See, that's the Holy Spirit. Because wherever they are, they might be in another time zone, might be in another location. But the Holy Spirit is stirring you to pray for them. Because with the Holy Spirit's time and distance, time and distance mean nothing. He's omnipresent, all present, in all places, always. Here's one, Psalm 139. David says like this, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? That's what David said. And the answer is nowhere. I can't go anywhere that you're not there. If I ascend in the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, there you are. You are there. How many have heard this saying? Well, you made your bed, you're going to have to lie in it. How many heard that saying? You know, that's a pretty good place to be because the Holy Spirit's right there with you. You know what we say? You know what we mean? Well, if you made your bed, you lie in it. You did it, you got to reap it. I ain't getting in there with you. It's all you, you in that bed alone. I want you to know, if they made their bed, guess who gets in with them? The Holy Spirit gets in with them. What did he say? If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. So even our kids and our family and our friends who get themselves in royal messes, the Holy Spirit never forsakes them. He's right there with them. So he's omnipresent. What else is there about this comforter that we've got on earth? He's omniscient. He's omniscient. What does that mean, omniscient? He's possessing an infinite all awareness, understanding, and insight. I like to say it this way. He knows everything about everything all the time. He knows everything about everything all the time. He knows everything about everything all the time. He knows everything about everything. The Holy Spirit knows everything about everything all the time. So he is omniscient. Here we go. John chapter 14, verse 26. Look what it says. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you... What does he say? Everybody say everything. You know how he can teach everything? Because he knows everything. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Oh, I can't tell you the number of times that I've been in a situation. I didn't know direction. I didn't know what to do. And the Holy Spirit would bring to my remembrance a verse of Scripture. And remind me. So that's what it says he'll do. He'll remind you. Um, let's, let's take this a little step further. It's interesting here. He knows everything about everything. How many of you have ever lost something or thought you lost something or misplaced something? Have you ever thought to ask the Lord, Lord, show me where that is? How many have done that and, you, and all of a sudden it come to you where it's at? You say, well, that's the craziest thing. That's the Holy Spirit. He'll do that for you. See, he perfects, the Bible says, that God perfects the things that concern us. He perfects the things that concern us. Those things that concern us, God's concerned about. And is he not the helper? How many times do we get ourselves in and we lose something, misplace something? We'll call somebody. Where did we put that? Did you see that? You know what we're asking for? We're asking for help. Isn't it amazing? We'll ask some person who is not infinite, who is finite, not infinite, if they can remember, and we never ask the Holy Spirit, and He knows everything about everything. I can't tell you the number of times. 
that Amanda and I have misplaced something, got busy, did something, thought something was somewhere, and we couldn't find it, and we needed it, and we've just, let's pray here for a second. And let's ask the Holy, and it would be momentarily that our, would come to our remembrance, oh, this is where it is. Or we'd see it in our mind's eye. You know what that means, don't you? You remember, you remember, just like you see yourself putting it down there. What's that? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. He is omniscient. He knows everything about everything. And here's the wonderful thing. The Bible says, when it comes to us who have children, and we all are their, they're our most precious possession, the Bible says, train them up in the way they shall go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. How many of you know that scripture? Well, I misinterpreted that for years to one day the Lord showed me that many of us as adults, we want to train them up in the way we want them to go. It doesn't say train them up in the way you want them to go. Well, I got a business. I think you ought to take this business. It's the family business. My business, I'm going to hand it over to you. You take the business. That might not be the way God wants them to go. He didn't say train them up in the way you think they ought to go. It says train them up in the way they shall go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Well, we're finite. I don't know the end from the beginning. When my son and my daughter was five and six years of age, I didn't know where they should end up when they're 20. I didn't know what they were supposed to do. I knew what I would like for them to do, but I didn't know what they were supposed to do. But the Holy Spirit knows. He knows because he knows everything about everything all the time. All right, the fourth thing about the Holy Spirit is that he's just like God. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 35. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest, most high will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Notice what the angel uh, said. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the most high will overshadow you. The power of God is going to overshadow you when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So if the power of the Most High, power of God the Father comes upon you when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, therefore the Holy Spirit has the power of the Most High. He, just like God, is all-powerful. The Trinity is a spirit reality. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's a spirit reality which has no physical equivalent. It's a spiritual reality which has no physical equivalent. That's the reason people can't understand it in their logical mind. Look with me at Luke chapter 3, verse 21. Luke chapter 3. How many brought your Bibles? And I still love my Bible. I still love the pages. Amanda said that the other day. She said, I still love hearing the pages. I remember, remember going to, how many remember going to church and they'd say, turn in your Bible and you hear the pages flipping. Now you hear ding, 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 ding. Look at Luke chapter 3, verse number uh, 21. Notice what it says. One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, now this is neat. As he was praying, the heavens opened. And the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. 
How many have seen the Holy Spirit depicted as a dove? You've seen symbols of the Holy Spirit depicted on. I've seen on church stationery. They got a dove nose diving. You know. It doesn't say the Holy Spirit came down as a dove. Look what it says. And the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. The descent was like a dove. The bodily form was not a dove. The descent was like a dove. The bodily form was not a dove. Listen, if the Holy Spirit is a bird, he's a big bird. He's more like big bird. He ain't no little dove. But what is the descent like? The descent is like a dove. Have you ever noticed a dove? If you've studied anything about a dove, a dove never flies to something and just perches on it. A dove will fly to its desired location, and before it settles, it hovers. It hovers, and then it will settle. What did the Bible say in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1? In the beginning, God created the, the heavens and the earth, and, it was, and the Spirit hovered. He was just hovering over it. He was there. He was hovering. This is what says the Bible says, what happened when Jesus was baptized. Jesus was baptized, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly beloved Son, and you bring me great joy. This verse of Scripture, this is the best description of Scripture, where it talks about the three distinct persons of the Trinity. Here's the best description of it. You got Jesus, the Son of God, on earth. We got the Holy Spirit descending in a bodily form from heaven. And we got the voice from God the Father. So you've got all three of them in one verse of Scripture. Everybody see that? Jesus, the Son of God, is being baptized. The Holy Spirit's descending in a bodily form. And the voice of God the Father is talking while all of this is going on. Now let's start with some biblical names of the Holy Spirit. Number one. Here's a good one. It's going to trick you. The Spirit. (laughs) Glory to God. The Spirit. Isn't that deep? The Spirit. This is the simplest and most used name of the Holy Spirit. You'll see this throughout the New Testament. The Spirit. The Spirit. The Spirit. The Spirit. Referring to the Holy Spirit. The word spirit means breath or wind. The Holy Spirit is the outbreathing of God. Look at John chapter 3. Look over at John chapter 3. I've got five minutes, so let's hurry. John chapter 3 verse 6. Humans can, Jesus said this, Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. He's talking to Nicodemus here. Notice what he says in verse 8. Here's a characteristic of the Holy Spirit. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit is like the wind and like the wind is invisible. He's invisible. You can't see the wind but you can see its effects. You can't see the wind, but you can see its effects. Was it a week ago? 
two weeks ago. We had that strong wind come through here, and we didn't see it, but we saw the effects of it because we had shingles from our student center roof laying in the parking lot that Mr. Charles had to put back on the (coughs) church house. We didn't see it. You can hear it, but you can't see it. And you see the effects of it. Something very unusual about the wind. Here's something very unusual about the wind. You can't dictate what, the, what you want the wind to do. The wind does as it wills. That's the Holy Spirit. You can't tell him what you want him to do. He does as he wills. All right? You can't see him, but you see his effects. You can't tell him what to do. He does as he wills. We cannot control the Holy Spirit or the wind, but if we learn the laws that govern the wind, we can reap wonderful benefits from the wind. You cannot control the Holy Spirit, but if you learn the laws that govern Him and how He operates and the environment in which He operates in, you can reap wonderful benefits from Him. Amanda and I were going to preach in Pennsylvania a couple years ago, and and I'd never seen those. I'd seen pictures of those huge windmills. Have y'all seen those huge windmills? I'm not talking about the little thing you got out in your backyard that looks pretty. I'm talking about huge windmills. Huge. And they had them lined up on a, on a big plane. Had them lined up. These things are, are they're huge. I just I have no idea how big they are. They're huge. It seems like the blades would go from the floor to the ceiling. That's how huge they are. And what they are doing, those people have learned to cooperate with the wind. And they're reaping the results. And now small communities are being powered by the wind. You can't control the wind and you can't see the wind. But if you learn to operate with the wind and reap its wonderful benefits, you'll be blessed. Same way with the Holy Spirit. Same way with the Holy Spirit. Number two, the second name, the Spirit of God. These are Bible names for the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God, this name of the Holy Spirit, emphasizes the authority behind the name. Notice it was the Spirit, now we got the Spirit of God. So it's the authority behind the name. Look at 1 Corinthians 3.16. Notice what it says. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of what? Spirit of God dwells in you. The Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of God. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, notice what it says. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God, the authority behind the Spirit that's dwelling in you is God? God, the eternal. God, the omnipotent. God, the omniscient. God, the omnipresent. That authority and all that that entails, it dwells in you. It dwells in you. That's why none of us never need to be timid or insecure. The eternal, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, He dwells in you. Now this verse of Scripture here is talking about the church. It's talking about us coming together corporately. It's talking about us here tonight as a corporate. This verse of Scripture is not talking about you individually. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 refers to us individually. But this verse of Scripture is talking about the corporate body called the church. We together as a corporate body. Now notice what it says. To those of us who are gathered here tonight as a corporate body. To David. To to, uh, Richard. To, to, all, to Chris, to Misty, to all of us who are... You put us all together 
as a corporate body. God sees us as one, as a corporate body. And this is what he says. Don't you know that you, the corporate body, are the temple of God and that the eternal, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God dwells in you corporately? He dwells in you. Unfortunately, we live in an age when people consider lightly the impact and importance of coming together for worship. We, can, people, we live in an age people just don't go to church no more. Right. Say, well, I don't need to. Well, you, honestly, you, yeah, I guess, I guess that's true. If you want to live a very uh, elementary Christian existence, you don't need to. We, we take that lightly. Paul, notice what the revelation of this verse says. Paul is speaking to the Christians at Corinth as a congregation. He tells them, when they are in unity, when they come together with other people, when they come together with other people and get in unity, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, eternal God dwells in their midst. He dwells in their midst. Yeah, you can live and, for Jesus and go to heaven without going to church, but you're going to miss out on the power and the, the, the great working of what he only does in a corporate body. Only what he does. There's some things he'll only do. There's sometimes the Holy Spirit will only show up at church. There's times he'll show up in the marketplace. There's times he'll show up at home. There's times he'll show up in our devotion. There's times he'll show up in our car. But there's only sometimes he'll only show up when God's people come together. And if you say, I don't like going to church, I don't like being with other people, I can serve Jesus without that, that's true. You can do that. But you're going to miss a lot of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. You're going to not see him do a lot of things because there's only some things he will do in the church gets together. There's only some things he'll do when the church gets together. He says, don't you know? That you, the church, are the temple of God and the Holy Spirit. When you come together in unity, He dwells in you. Here's another one, number three. I've got to hurry. The Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord. This name of the Holy Spirit is essentially the same as the preceding name with the exception of the word Lord, which is the Hebrew word Jehovah. The Spirit of the Lord. The name Jehovah implies covenant keeper. The Spirit of the Lord. He's a covenant keeper. Here's Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. And the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of counsel and might. The Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. That's talking about the coming of Jesus. Here's another one. Turn over to Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 5. Then I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey uh, and and uh, obey his commands. The Spirit of the Lord means a covenant keeper. He's a covenant keeper. Notice what Nehemiah said. He keeps his covenant. He's a covenant keeping God. Here's another verse. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9. Understand therefore that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commandments. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He keeps his covenant for a thousand generations. Keeps his covenant for a thousand generations. 
You can tell your children when they're going through a tough spot, God will come through for you. How do you know it? Because he's a covenant-keeping God. And he came through for Moses, and he came through for Abraham, and he came through for Jacob, and he came through for Joseph, and he came through for Nehemiah, and he came through for David, and he came through for Solomon, and he came through for Hezekiah, and he came through for uh, Jeremiah, and he came through for Malachi, and he came through for Matthew, and he came through for Mark, he came through for Luke, he came through for John, he came through for Paul, he came through for Timothy, he came through for Silas, he came through, he came through for my grand, grand, grandmother, he came through for my mother, and he'll come through for me. How do I know that? Because he's a covenant-keeping God. He's a covenant-keeping God. The Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit who dwells on inside of us, is a covenant keeper. He's a covenant keeper. And I'll finish with this one. Number four, the Spirit of the living God. The Bible calls him the Spirit of the living God. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 2. The only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. Paul's talking to the Corinthians. Your lives, your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Your lives. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Clearly you are a letter from Christ. Who is a letter? You are a letter. Showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pink and ink, a pen and ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Notice the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of the living God. It is not carved on tablets of stones, but on human hearts. The significance of this name, the Spirit of the living God, is that the Apostle Paul is contrasting between the Word of God written with ink and the Word of God written on our hearts by the Holy Spirit. See, many people view God... Jesus, the Word of God, as historical concepts only. Yet the Holy Spirit is referred to the Spirit of the living God who desires to make God real to us. All right? So we've got the Spirit. We've got the Spirit of the Lord. We've got the Spirit of the living God. And we've got the Spirit of God. Do you know there's about 25 names in the Bible of the Holy Spirit? And we're going to continue talking about them next week. And here's the wonderful thing. The covenant-keeping, authority, eternal, omnipotent, endless, all-knowing, all the time, everywhere, in every place, God is on the inside of you. He's on the inside of you. Thank you for listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Eddie Turner. Please join us at Family Worship Center, 3045 Memorial Boulevard, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, when you are in the Middle Tennessee area. You can also learn more about FWC at our website, www.familywc.com. Thank you again for listening to The Simple Truth.